Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. As is often observed in the media, our society is facing a tsunami of loneliness and alienation. In 2023, the U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, published a report titled Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation, in which he describes the prevalence, effects, and possible cures for loneliness. One aspect of this problem is that of people feeling that they are invisible to one another. In this episode, we'll explore this phenomenon and some of its causes. In any social event, there are those who seem to be the center of attention, basking in engagement with others, while others quietly wait in the sidelines. Similarly, in public spaces such as parks, friends might be intently conversing with one another, and couples might be strolling hand in hand, while others sit on isolated benches or walk with head down and hands in pockets. In all of these cases, there are of course some who simply prefer to observe rather than participate, or who seek quiet and lack of distraction to emotionally recharge or to consider their lives. In many cases, though, being disengaged from others is not something desired or voluntary. It's a manifestation of a broad disconnection from others. There are many contributors to social isolation. Some are external to the affected individuals, such as prevailing social indifference to human connection or a work environment that devalues and impedes connection. Others are internal, such as personal reliance on consumerism to satisfy personal needs for meaning. Both kinds of sources are abundantly present in our society. Let's start by considering some of the possible internal sources of personal isolation. One obvious one, at least to me, is that we're a society that prefers and privileges extroversion over introversion. Those of us who are expressive, self-assured, and comfortable around others often consume much of the oxygen in any given room. In contrast, those who are more reserved and less eager to engage socially are often at a disadvantage in terms of being recognized and welcomed. That's true even when the more quiet individuals may have more of substance to contribute in a given situation. As a strong but socially adept introvert myself, I have often experienced the preceding social dynamics. I believe, though, that I'm not overstating our society's preference for extroversion. Think about the in-your-face, often brash protagonists of many contemporary movies. Extroverts are usually much more visible than introverts in social situations. There's another contributor to social isolation that plays out both within individuals and at the level of society. Extreme individualism. As I've described in previous episodes, we humans are in fact decidedly not independent of one another. We're interdependent. Especially in advanced societies, we each contribute to society in specialized roles, and we rely on others to support us in their own specialized ways. Truly, no one is an island. Yet our social programming insists that we behave as isolated individuals, focused on pursuing our individual agenda in a self-serving and uncompromising way. One of the consequences of such an approach to life is that it can predispose us to acting very selfishly. Rather than focusing on serving the greater good, we can find ourselves playing out life as a zero-sum game in which we win only at others' expense and vice versa. That was certainly the case in my 35 years in the dog-eat-dog high-tech world. In such an environment, those who fail to rise to the top of the heap are losers who are overshadowed by the winners. The social spotlight is on those perceived as the strong individuals, relegating everyone else to invisibility. 
I, for one, chafe at seeing life as a battle to be won. I believe that people are stronger when they act in unison, harnessing the power of collaboration. I take pride in my ability to be a strong contributor to group efforts, in which I find ample opportunity to make my own individual contributions. However, I don't need the self-aggrandizement of being in the social spotlight. Like anyone, I appreciate recognition, but I am motivated mainly by my self-assurance and my belief in the course I have chosen. Yet another factor that can contribute to social isolation is found in conformance to social expectations, or its opposite, thinking for oneself. We humans are herd animals, a fact that is capitalized on by the marketing industry. Through the media, we're told what to like and buy. Social organizations such as schools and government tell us how to behave and what to believe. We absorb this guidance both through our exposure to the media and through the influence of parents or other superiors in our lives, who in turn have accepted this programming. Of course, not all such influences are harmful. Especially in a complex society, we can't figure out and decide everything for ourselves. It can be helpful to be told what has worked for others. Still, it's important to be able to critically evaluate what is being suggested to us, to ensure that such suggestions are consistent with what suits us. If we become too lazy or unpracticed to make our own informed decisions, we become vulnerable to being manipulated for others' advantage. It takes courage to think for oneself and to act in ways that may not match popular expectations. Doing so takes us out of the herd and exposes us as being different from what society expects. Unfortunately, human tribal instincts drive people to try to suppress deviations from the expected group behaviors and beliefs. That can make life challenging for those who stray from the mainstream. In such cases, the different individual becomes all too socially visible, inducing group coercion to bring the straying individuals back into conformance with group norms. It takes character to defy such pressures. Let's turn now to external social factors that contribute to the isolation and thus loneliness of individuals. One such factor is the decline of churches and other community-focused organizations. Another is the decline in the importance of family as a support for individuals. I certainly won't argue that those social support environments are an unmixed blessing. We all know that families can be repressive and damaging, just as churches can promote narrow thinking and a rejection of those who are perceived as outgroup. Still, individuals can find comfort in the predictable and validating social interactions that such organizations can deliver. As such organizations continue to wane, they leave behind a vacuum in the area of social support. Their absence leaves one less opportunity for people to be visible to and valued by one another. Another social invisibility phenomenon that I've observed is that as people get older, they become less visible. Ours is a youth-worshipping society. Youth serums and numerous cosmetic products are promoted, as are exercise products and programs, all intended to prolong one's youthful appearance and vigor. Social influencers guide us in how to look and behave in order to remain desirable and attractive to others. Taking care of oneself is a good thing, to the extent that doing so promotes one's health and shows one's respect for oneself. Doing so in order to impress others puts one's self-valuation in the hands of others, which can be dangerous. It's risky to make oneself visible only if and when we feel we meet social expectations. We are who we are, not who we may try to make ourselves be for the sake of fitting in. Authenticity requires us to accept all of who we are, including our age. There is a kind of beauty that one can acquire only by encountering life's challenges with grace and dignity. 
It's more subtle than readily visible physical beauty, but is at least as valuable. Similarly, wisdom accumulates through time and experience, and that wisdom is a precious commodity that seems greatly undervalued in our society. Those who wear the patina of a life well lived, and who act with wisdom, deserve much more social visibility than they typically receive. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion, and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors.